Hello, welcome to the University of Brighton podcast. I'm Richard Newman. This is the fortnightly podcast which gets to the heart of things which matter to you, the students. And every now and again, we chat in depth with some of the academic and research staff as well to talk about the amazing work going on at the university. Now in this episode, we're not going to beat around the bush here. It's been a really tough year for all of us and some will be impacted more than others. We've had the amazing work of the NHS and frontline workers, many of which are studying here uh, and alumni as well but if you are a student it's so important to talk and look after your well-being while things are so uncertain and crucially make sure you're aware of what the university is doing to support you and how to access that so i'm joined in this pod by pat wrangles the head of student well-being thank you for joining me pat um, we're 10 months on from the first lockdown in the uk it's uh, been a long time how, how are you finding everything and uh, what do you do to make time for yourself um that's a really good question i think that kind of feeds into to the questions that everybody's uh, asking themselves around time uh, and one of the things i was going to touch upon really was about the fact that everybody is impacted by the pandemic and everybody has their own sets of unique circumstances so everyone's impact is kind of shaped by their own circumstances so it's incredibly difficult for some people um you know there's there's all kinds of additional worries you know work kind of blends in a bit with home life so there's lots of challenges and, and trying to find time is is really difficult perhaps even more difficult but uh, equally vitally important um you know i think people are when, it, when you think about mental health uh, and well-being and managing your mental health and you know trying to enhance your well-being some of the key tools that we would use for doing that such as um, you know our, our support networks such as doing things that we like such as planning for the future um, all of those things have been limited or restricted so it does make it even more challenging I think for us to to kind of find that balance and to be able to manage it I want to have a general discussion about what the university is doing to support students, the actual services on offer, but also just the conversations that some of you have been having with students as well. Um, everyone, as we just said, basically will deal with this pandemic in a different way. And clearly, there's no right and wrong. Um, when you're hearing from students, what sort of things are they telling you? What sort of things concern you? Well, I think one of the things... Um, that worries me a little is that we you know we have um significant support service in place and we're delighted that we've been able to respond really quickly to the pandemic and kind of move that support service online very very quickly so that we can still offer all of the support that we had but i'm very mindful that not all students are local and students will be kind of spread out across the country and some overseas uh, and, and i think that probably makes it more challenging for students or perhaps the university isn't their first thought in terms of support when they're not actually local in Brighton so <clears throat> what we've done is to try to really communicate that to students that no matter where you are in the country you don't have to be local to access our support services we're here for all of our students and we really can help so I think it's really important to, to highlight that um, the students that we are talking to um, you know they're talking about similar issues to, to the general public you know people are all impacted in different ways that you know there's obviously a concern about accessing study um whether students are able to be their best and achieve what they would have achieved if they you know if it wasn't the pandemic and i think the university is doing as much as they can to 
both recognise that, you know, around regulations and exams, but also offering support, offering care, you know, listening to students and trying to respond. Um, but as I said, it, it is a difficult case, a difficult scenario. Uh, you know, we, we know that there's been a, a surge in, in some really tricky issues, you know, online harassment, domestic violence, you know, that's a global surge, a national surge, that's happening everywhere. So clearly that some of our community will be impacted by those things. You know, loneliness and isolation were always going to be issues for students anyway. Some students are coming to university for the first time, which we already know is a challenge, but they're now doing that in a very, very strange, uncertain environment, which just exacerbates the challenges that they had anyway. Um, you know, we all know that people like people generally and, and often students will go to other students first, talk about challenges. You know, there's less interaction, there's less opportunity for students to do that. So it is, again, really important for us to continue offering our support, continue the proactive work we do for our, for our Res Life team, for example. You know, they've still got a, a community activities programme, albeit, you know, it has to ebb and flow with the government guidance around whether we can or can't contact students, you know, have face-to-face -face contact with students. But it's really important that those things are, are still available and the students are aware of them. So we are working as hard as we can to make sure students do access our services, whether it be reactively because they need some support or they're a bit worried or whether it's just something, you know, just an opportunity to engage with other students and, and keep up that kind of interaction. And I guess it's like, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because the only way you can really talk to students at the moment is, is virtually, it's... Um... Well, if you're going to chat to them face to face, that's going to have to be prearranged. And then the only other way, really, we're talking about is emails and, and the social media and things like this podcast. But I mean, you can only the, that's the only way you can get in touch. There's so much stuff that comes through. It's really about making sure the students know how to access that support online. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I touched on that earlier. I mean, we've obviously from our support services, we've kind of really um, worked on our visibility online so you know we've, we've developed animations we've developed videos to try to encourage students to to engage with us and to um make it very clear that our services are still available i mean it is positive there are positives uh, strangely to the pandemic you know i mean our students have adapted incredibly well to um engaging with us on ms teams or or, or virtually because you know it's not an easy thing to do sometimes accessing support face to face is a challenge for people it's often a significant barrier that people have to kind of get over before they do that but students have done really well you know accessing the, the, their studies but also actually accessing our services and, and speaking to our team um, despite the challenges you know people don't have uh, the opportunity to come in so perhaps they haven't got space at home that they can talk confidentially confidentially and you know perhaps Perhaps they're, they're in a university uh, halls or a flat. And again, you know, they don't have that quiet space where they can do that or they can take time to reflect. But students are very resourceful generally. They're finding ways to do that. We've done everything we can to kind of provide confidential spaces on site when students were accessing our campuses. But again, yeah, it's really difficult. But, but like I say, I'm, you know, we're, we're incredibly impressed. And, and, you know, we know that a lot of our students have overcome all kinds of adversity just to get to university. Mm. Um, and they will continue to do that throughout their studies and they will continue to meet the challenges. But we are there to help. We are there to try to help students, you know, succeed in whatever, whatever uh, success looks like to them. And we will continue to do that. 
Um, but it is challenging because it is all about, you know, virtual and it does lose that human touch slightly. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm really lucky to have a, a, a super team who are um, very experienced in supporting students, both, you know, face to face, but also um, remotely. Um, and they'll continue to evolve and learn the best ways to do that. You know, there's lots of simple things that we can do as students, um, lots of simple tips and, and things we can do to help. You know, our disability team, for example, you know, they, they've got learning. We've got learning support plans for lots of students. We can adapt those plans, um, you know, to suit the new environment. We'd encourage students to get in touch. I think the key message really is for students that if you are struggling, do do get in touch and ask. There's quite a lot available still, and we are there to help them. And more often than not, we certainly can make a difference. Yeah, um, all students will find things tricky, but I, I guess especially just touching for now on first-year students, I guess, um, who, who will, you know, who still haven't had those freedoms that you usually would have at the start of your university journey. And so, you know, coming in during well, well, we weren't in a lockdown when the university year started, but quite soon after we were, there must be such a rap rapid change of emotions. Um, again, the people that are in halls, they might never have left, lived away from home before. It's, um, it's a bit of a up and down, isn't it, for, for students to, for, to deal with? And a lot of those people are very young people as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a huge, I think there's a huge shock um, when you when you first go to university, you know it's, it's a real significant change in environment. There's suddenly all kinds of the things that you need to be able to manage. I mean, some people adapt incredibly well, some take, take longer. But you know, you suddenly you've got to manage manage your finances, your bills, relationships with people you live with, cooking. There's a whole range of things that that students need to take on board. And on top of that, their studies. And on top of that, living with strangers, trying to make friends, trying to fit in, trying to find your place. And that takes some time. You know, we have a lot of support available to try and aid students and help them to do that. Um, but it does take time. You know, there's lots of things like sports clubs and societies that students can join that help them to do that. But again, restricted now because of the pandemic. We often see students that are perhaps in a, in a flat where they just don't get on with 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 who they live with or they have different you know philosophies around study some might want to party some might want to really study and, and go to bed early and those challenges um, are all again kind of magnified and exacerbated in this environment because essentially you're put into that small bubble and that's that's what you're stuck with so you have to find ways to to integrate and and to kind of um get on with people and it, and it just becomes even more intense. So it really does, you know, it really can feel like a, a melting pot, I think, for students. Um, you know, and that's why we, why we're still there, we're still keen to work with, work with our students. But yeah. a really challenging time, I think, for students um, to come to university. And we often see students with um, challenges around loneliness and isolation fitting in, um, you know, and that's, again, made worse here you, you talk about emotions you know we people's emotions even my own emotions will flip-flop one minute you'll feel really positive and think oh i can spend time and help my family but the next minute you feel hugely frustrated or sad because you can't see other members of the family and it changes all the time you know that it's very difficult to control your emotions in such a such a tricky uh, and complex environment particularly when you don't you can't see the end you know there's things that we can do in the future like you can if you're struggling, you can look forward to something. This pandemic is really 
really kind of strangling that you can't there's there's very little that you can plan in the future to look forward to at the moment because there's so much uncertainty so i think how, how can know, we how can we realign that though because that's the that's the key thing isn't it really that's one of the trickiest things is trying to find something to look forward to but maybe if you can set yourself small goals maybe that's next week or maybe at the end of the week is that the way to go for now yeah, I think so. I think, you know, and it's being it's being kind to yourself, really. You know, it, that setting goals is is fine, um, and lots of people want to do that. But, but equally, it's about giving yourself time and not putting too much pressure on yourself. There are things that you can plan loosely. You know, there are things that you could you can make sure that you set. You know, you you reach out to family members that you haven't spoken to for a while. There are things that you can do, and I think everyone will have their own. But it is it's really just about you know taking some time thinking to yourself about what you can do to make yourself feel better. Who is it that you like to speak to? Who do you feel better, you know, after you've spoken to and, and those sorts of things. So there, there are smaller things that you can do. Um, but yeah, you know, hugely challenging. I mean, one of the other, one of the other issues you have around halls is, you know, there's this very strict regulations at the moment about what you can do and what you can't do. And I think when you, when you come to university, you have a set of expectations around, um, you know meeting new people and going out and then if other students are perhaps doing that there's probably a bit of a peer pressure to mm. to get involved when perhaps that's not the guidance so there's lots of other challenges that you need to manage and and, and that's a real you know that, you know if, if you're living with a group of people that make a decision to have a party you're really stuck mm. um, you know and all these things just just add things to the anxiety of, of, of coming to university yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of everyone's is issues there, like around the world, really, but amplified, isn't it? When you're just in that small halls space, yeah. because you can see everything that's going on. Whereas you just, for us, maybe living in separate homes, you can you just know that people might be breaking the rules. You can see it all the time. It really does put people under pressure, I guess. On the other side, um, a lot of our students, because it's lockdown, will have not come back to the university yet to come back to Brighton um, or Eastbourne because we're in lockdown, so they haven't come back since Christmas yet. They're waiting for that time to come back. And, you know, no doubt they can't wait to get back as well. Um, some will be in rented accommodation as well across Brighton and Eastbourne. Um, both of those things comes with its own issues. How important then is it to make sure you have a, a good support network around you? Because the intensity of being around the same people all the time can also um, get to you sometimes. Yeah, I mean, a support. I, I touched on this right right at the start. I mean, your support network is is absolutely vital. I think to, to all of us, um, and even if that support network, like you say, you know, you live with you you typically live with your family or friends. Not everybody, but you know, a, a huge amount of us. But that can become very intense. You know, if that's if that's the only people you're seeing, and that's so important to to try to make sure you can maintain some level of normality or contact with people outside of that group albeit virtually or, or or even you know exercising within the government guidance finding a way to make sure you can kind of break that that intensity of just living in that same position all the time you know students like you say students may have been looking forward to coming to university for a whole host of different reasons you know there's a whole there's freedom there's, there's lots of opportunity there and suddenly they're at university but they're still at home uh, or, or wherever they were before they came in and, and not really knowing when they're going to arrive. It's, the uncertainties is, is probably one of the key challenges. Like I said, you know, with not being able to plan and just not knowing what the future holds is, is really quite daunting for people. 
but as i said i mean it's it's something that we're all experiencing which is why you know the scope of the pandemic is, is hugely challenging because everybody's impacted so even i mean you can take some comfort from that you know people often find mm. that if they're not not in it alone it sometimes helps but but equally the people that you might look to for support may also be struggling and looking for support so there's you know again it's it's a really it really does create um a, a fairly chaotic environment for you to you know do the things that you would usually do to keep yourself well so so again it's taking the time looking after yourself being kind to yourself and, and, and just being fair and not setting unrealistic goals just trying to take each day as you can uh, uh, you know i was um speaking to, to someone recently and they were talking to me about how they'd taken on a huge life challenge and if they'd thought about the whole scale of the challenge they probably would never have done it or got through it but they spoke to me how important it was to just take a day at a time and and stop that you know that grand thinking about how am i going to do this for a year or two years or or a month or whatever it is and just think today's today i'm going to get get through today and then we'll, we'll deal with tomorrow and that i really you know it sounds pretty obvious and basic but actually if you can really start to think like that it, i think it really makes a difference it can really help just taking things in bite-sized chunks and dealing with what comes up each day is is certainly helpful for a lot of people sure when it comes to working remotely obviously it has its merits actually when you can attach flexibility to it in a normal situation flexibility that the pandemic doesn't offer but from a learning point of view now how can students make sure they have a structure to their day to separate home from work essentially because it's one of those conversations that We've had a we've talked about quite a lot since the start of since the since lockdown one. Um, we've all we've all had to get used to it. I've only just literally set up a home office ten months into the pandemic after saying I would do it over and over again, rather than working at a kitchen table. And the difference is quite big. Just to be able to separate or to separate partition partition off a place in the in a room where you're like that's my office. How important is it that you that you do that that you have your your working space that you separate it from your the rest of your life i mean that's a great question i think if i had the answer to that um <laughs> it would be it, you know it would be a very sought after answer i think there are you know some of us have got great opportunities to do that i'm really fortunate you know i've got a separate office which is detached from the house for example but there'll be lots of people that just simply don't have that opportunity or anything close to that you know we speak about undergraduate students um, and students coming to university for the first time, but hugely important to think about the impact on our more mature students who are potentially juggling childcare, um, could well be suffering real anxiety around, you know, job security in the future. You know, the environment's really tough. So they'll be worrying about their, their financial position, worrying about their children. And actually is their study going to be up there? You know, it's not, it's going to kind of deprioritize that study. So whether they can even continue is, is a question. You know, even if you do have the ability to section section some time off or section a place off in your in your house or your home, it's not always always possible to always be there. You know, um, so really really challenging. And I think you know that there are there are solutions. There's lots of lots of different things that people can do. Um, you know, we see colleagues working with headphones and, and partners, you know, sharing a table and so on. And I think it really comes down to looking at your own individual circumstances, but really giving time to think about what you could do. 
think about, try to think creatively, think about what suits you. You know, some people might be quite content, you know, laying on their bed and, and, and working, whereas others need to be sectioned off in an office. So you've got to think about what your needs might be um, and just try to be as creative as you can. Try to try to give yourself that space. But but like I said, there's no there's no real answer to that because, you know, my circumstances are really fortunate in terms of having having the, the physical environment. But again, you know, the other challenges, you know, come into that. So it doesn't always work. So I think people really need to just take, again, take the time to try to think about how they can be most comfortable in the environment they've got. Yeah, I, I, I'd say just as a, just from my own personal point of view, I'm currently in a room which is essentially a spare room, which has a tiny desk in the corner. And, and basically it's the same size as what a hall's room would be and got a tiny space just in the corner. And it's just, what worked for me is simply just to make some, just something pretty to look at, whether it's a succulent on a desk or it just a little bit of little bit of paint, tiny, tiny things, just your little corner of your room, which just sort of focuses your mind. Um, that just is strange how something like that can just make such a massive difference. Um, you mentioned about, um, I wanted to come onto this a bit more in detail actually about that lots of our students won't be that what external audience might look at as a stereotypical university age. Many are more mature students, lots study part-time, they have jobs, children to look after, to homeschool at the moment, caring responsibilities for other members of their family. Uh, it, the pressure really could be building right now for those people. Um, clearly it's really, it's really tricky, but how do you sort of find that resilience to, to keep going? And, and if you are struggling too much, then who should you be talking to? Yeah, I mean, I think I think in terms of who you're, who to speak to, our SSGTs are um, a really wonderful first point of contact because they have a great understanding of of the courses that they support. You know, both the academic side, but also some of the more personal or, or um, issues that people might experience. So, SSGTs are always a good point. You know, for for postgraduate students, their supervisor might be might be able to help. Um, but all of our support services are available to all students. And I think that's really important um, to, to get across in this message. I think, you know, any of our teams can help, um, whether whether it, whether you're a new student for the first time at 18 or whether you're, you know, on a, doing a PGR and you've got kids and, and work worries, you know, we're not going to be able to solve people's issues, but we can certainly help. You know, there are options. People can think about taking periods away from study that you know we're looking at you know our, our academic team I won't I won't go into any detail because it's not my area of expertise but you know I'm really considering how we can mitigate the impact or some of these impacts on people's study and ability to study um, and I think the university generally well I know the university generally really care about all of our students and really recognize the whole range of different circumstances so you know as I said before, do reach out and get in touch. There's lots of things that we can do um, to help support students. There is flexibility. Um, you know, the key thing for us is to enable our students to achieve, you know, and achieve as at, at their best. So we will do what we can to help. Um, as I said, SSGTs are always a, a good route in to support services or to learn more about the different options they may have in terms of studying. So I would definitely encourage people to, to get in touch and reach out. Yeah. In terms of external support, 
as well university does a lot to support the students but again how important is it that students who've relocated and haven't registered with their gp do so how easy is it to, to do that and even if you do have one to, to speak to them if you feel like you need to because that's an, another issue that a lot of us have at the moment isn't it the news is always about the nhs being overwhelmed but if you need to speak to someone about your own health you need to do it yeah absolutely yeah i mean there's a really clear message there around making sure that you do register with your gp and that you are in contact with your gp as well i mean university support services are are broad and we'll do everything we can but we do also work very very closely with our external agencies and organizations primary and secondary healthcare really really important people have a whole range of different issues some really complex where they are going to need to engage that support now we can obviously help that we can work out you know referral routes and so on with students but the key thing is to is to encourage all students as i say to register with gps we did have two or two on-site gps and they will return to site when things kind of settle but um they are we do still work very very closely with our two gps that it's very easy to register online but they will have online appointments um and, and they can make those available you know as, as you'd expect with most of your most of our gps so we would really encourage students to still make sure they do that don't wait until you need a gp to register i think is the key message mm -hmm. it's much better to do that while you're feeling kind of fit and well and then then that, that whole hurdles out the way and you can get access really quickly so although it might feel like a strange time to be registering with a gp when you can't actually go into a gp um it's just as important if not if not now more than ever to be honest so we would really encourage students to do that and we you know there are there are challenges i don't mind you know i'll be honest you know we all we all see the news there's an impact on the nhs that means that our you know local support services are restricted <clears throat> but our team do work really closely with our support services so they will know where you know where might be better to get the right support so again um, even if you are seeking expert support or specialist support then do come to us and we can still help you navigate perhaps the best route into that finally pat what would be your final words of advice then for anyone who may need support? I think um, for students, you know, and I've said this many times, I think the, the key thing is to definitely ask, is to reach out and ask. It, it, it might, you might feel like you're trapped. You might feel like, you know, there's no way out or there's nothing we can do to help. But as I said that, you know, we have got a whole range of services. We've got some really experienced professionals. We've got links to external services. We will know what flexibility there is with your study. So, Please don't just make decisions without asking. Just ask for help. Um, you know, like I say, the second part of that is just, just be kind to yourself. You know, some of us will continue no matter what, and that serves you really well until it doesn't. You know, there, there has to be a time. There is sometimes a breaking point. There is a, sometimes a, a time where you really need to reflect. So do be kind to yourself. Do think about yourself and reflect and take the time and, and if you're struggling or or even if you're worried or you just want to chat do reach out our support services are all still available and we will happily help wherever we can thanks so much for your time for coming on the podcast that's it for this episode if you've been affected by anything we've talked about please do speak to your ssgt our well-being team your gp family friends the university is here for you we've talked about a lot of things in this podcast go to brighton.ac.uk forward slash well-being to find out a little bit more that's it for this episode take care and thanks for listening